Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by the C5 CCIM Global Summit. This is three days of commercial real estate networking, uh, learning, and investing. It's going to be in Atlanta this year, September 28th to September 30th. I'm going to give you a website. You can check out more. This C the C5 CCIM Global Summit is going to be a a huge deal. There's going to be uh, probably close to a thousand people there. Uh, the website is c5summit.realestate, c5summit.realestate. Well, we're going to talk real estate today, of course, commercial real estate, and we're going to talk about the uh, lending uh, world out there. What's going on with lenders? You know, a lot of folks are concerned that we're going to have much more distressed uh, real estate coming up here, especially uh, the office sector and some of the others really with the uh, rapid increase in interest rates we have, we have a lot of loans maturing, uh, what will happen? Of course, some folks are concerned about it negatively and some are concerned about it positively, like, oh, wh where, where can I get some distressed properties? Where can I buy some notes? Uh, what's going on there? And of course, as, as brokers, we, we sell notes and help uh, banks and lenders uh, and borrowers with uh, workouts and with these situations. So what should we all expect moving forward? Please welcome my guest. It's Lonnie Hendry, CEO of commercial real estate. He's senior VP with TREP. He's also host of a podcast called TREPWIRE, which is excellent. Check it out. Lonnie, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Michael. Great to be back on. Appreciate the opportunity to talk some commercial real estate with you. And and to get us started, you know, what type of, what volume of maturities do we have coming up uh, in front of us in the commercial real estate world? Yeah, so it depends on the, the lender breakdown, but if you look at uh, traditional bank lenders, there's about $270 billion worth of upcoming maturities um, by the end of this year. And if you look at the CMBS universe, they have record number of maturities in both 23 and 24. So we've heard of the wall of maturities, which was kind of a, a term used during the uh, great financial crisis coming out of it. This is kind of wall of maturities 2.0. So if you look at just the raw numbers, don't take into context any of the external macro factors. Um, there's definitely some daunting numbers out there for upcoming maturities across the CRE landscape. Right. And I guess you're seeing quite a spread then on the current interest rates these borrowers are paying uh, compared to what they're going to be able to get today, right? I think that's one of the real challenges is a lot of these uh, notes were taken out, you know, three, five, ten years ago. And they might have coupons somewhere in the mid threes. And if they go to refinance today, they're probably looking at somewhere between seven and 10% on the interest rate. And so for a lot of properties that have maybe underperformed or not hit their, you know, revenue growth or NOI growth as uh, underwritten, they're going to have some real challenges refinancing in today's current higher interest rate environment, which obviously uh, means lower property valuations across the spectrum. How much distress are you seeing right now? How many loans are, are having issues? So if you look at our commercial uh, mortgage-backed security data set that, that we track, we just published our June delinquency report last um, week, and it's almost at 4%. We're sitting at 3.9% in aggregate across the um, all asset classes for delinquency. If you parse that down into specific sectors, lodging actually saw a pretty large increase. It's over 5%. 
and office has steadily increased over the last several months and it's sitting over 4%. So we've seen some, you know, fairly dramatic, what I would call dramatic based on the, the rolling 12 month average across those two sectors. And if you look at the total, um, it's also ticked up, you know, over the last 12 months or so. And that's in the CMBS world. What about the banking world? How much distress do we have there now? Is it, are we starting to see? It's still relatively low. I mean, we're seeing sub 2% on the, on the overall delinquency. We do have a data set of um, lender contributed information that we call Taller TREP Anonymized Loan Level Repository. Um, and it's about $200 billion worth of outstanding loan balance. So it's a representative sample of the, the bank lender marketplace. And as I mentioned, it's sub two. You have some sectors that are higher than that. But on the whole, uh, given that they don't have the strict covenants that the CMBS lenders have, um, we're seeing lenders be a little bit more favorable, working things out, trying to keep you know, loans that need modification or extension. Um, the bank lenders have been able to do that notwithstanding some of the increased pressure over the last few months, I think we'll see some increased delinquency in that sector, uh, given what's happened with some of the failed banks. But up to this point, uh, that number has trailed what we've seen in the CMBS market. Okay. We're starting to see as brokers some uh, note sales, more note sales. Uh, we've uh, had some REO work that we're doing for banks just listed in an office building uh, that's bank-owned. Um, what are you seeing there uh, on your end? Yeah, I think that it's there's a lot of anticipation around that. And I think, as you mentioned, from the broker community, we've heard feedback that they're starting to see some distressed notes. They're starting to see some other opportunities where maybe six months ago it was just hyperbole or you know headlines. Uh, we're actually starting to see that play out. I think the interesting wrinkle here, though, is that we've seen a lot of return to office and maybe it hasn't garnered as much attention because it seems like it's return to office 3.0 or 4.0 for some companies. But I think there's maybe some upward trajectory in terms of, you know, people's sentiment around office in certain sectors and certain markets where I saw last week um, um, one of the large tech companies, TikTok, excuse me, TikTok announced that they're actually pulling back on about a couple hundred thousand square foot of space they had available for sublease. They're taking it off the sublease market and they're going to occupy that space. And so it'll be interesting to see if, you know, we see, you know, pockets of distress where you see distressed sellers having to get out or notes being sold, but the macro big picture actually, you know, is fairly muted. I think that we, we could make a case that we're going to start seeing that at this point, uh, given some of the, the larger anecdotal stories we've seen about loans being um, modified, extended, or the borrowers contributing some, some equity uh, upon refinance. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's we're going to see demand for office return sooner than, than folks think because we just dealt with the behavior change of, of work from home. But I think it's going to change uh, faster than people really realize. But then I also see some really grim <laughs> numbers and, and dates for uh, office demand to return from your desk. What do you guess from your desk as, as you look at things? Yeah, I think, uh, I think you've kind of summed it up. I think you, you can go through the top 25 MSAs and you're going to have clear winners and losers as it pertains to office. Like San Francisco, as an example, definitely going to be slower on the return to office. They have some other systemic quality of life challenges that I think have to be dealt with at a governmental level before we can actually start talking about you know impact positively on the real estate market. But then you have other markets, Dallas, as an example, Houston, Miami, um, that have been really vibrant. And I think you're going to see 
significantly quicker return to office and more, you know, just increased value, increased, um, you know, resiliency across that space. Not saying that we're going to see office values anywhere close to what we had in 2019, 2020, or 2021, you know, uh, but I think that this doom and gloom narrative that every office across America is just destined for bankruptcy and, and foreclosure, I don't think that that's going to hold true. What do you see for the availability of, of debt? You know, we're closing commercial loans on on office properties and retail and others um, every week here at our firm, but yet we hear some people say, oh, there's no financing available anywhere or anything. Everybody's on pause. Well, what do you really see? Yeah, I think uh, there's probably truth to both sides of that equation. For the folks trying to take out debt at this point, there may be no loans available at the terms that they like. There may be no loans available at the terms that they could have gotten, you know, two years ago. Um, but I think there is availability of capital. Well, we've seen some tightening in the lending space, and obviously the traditional bank lenders have been squeezed a little bit with some of the bank failures. And so, you know, credit availability is is definitely tougher than it than it's been in some time. Um, for good properties, for cash flow positive properties, I think there's still plentiful, um, you know, capital available, both from traditional and non-traditional lenders. The interest rates, obviously, are going to be higher than what you've seen in the last five years. But honestly, if you look at where the interest rates are now, they're not too far off what you could call, you know, a rolling 25 or 30 year historical norm. And so um, deals are getting done, as you mentioned, dealmakers find a way to make deals. And I think we're starting to see folks that are creative, not afraid to put their work boots on and find solutions to some of these challenging times are going to do really, really well. And others that maybe just got in the market through this last, you know, bull run where interest rates are basically zero, they're going to have a harder time, you know, finding deals where they can actually make them pencil and get the associated funds uh, necessary to, to, to purchase them. Yeah, those are good points. I, I like the idea of keeping it in perspective. Uh, really, these rates are, when historically, are, are, are not that not that problem. Well, they're problematic, but the rapid increase, uh, but they're more normal. Right? I remember when uh, we cap rates were, you know, all, uh, a lot of cap rates were 10%. You know, I think we're headed back there with some of these uh, property types. And you know, to the lenders out there in the audience, I think this is a great opportunity to build relationships, uh, great relationships, and also do very safe loans. You know, won't have uh, maturity risk, uh, rate risk at maturity. And You'll, you'll won't have as much competition out there. So I think it's a great time for lenders to be out there with the right uh, assets and the right uh, borrowers, uh, right, to do deals. So, so Lonnie, what should we expect moving forward as far as distress? Uh, you know, what, what do you see in your crystal ball ahead of us? Yeah, I think we're still early in this cycle. I mean, we have to remember that we saw about a 12-year bull run. And as I've said on this show before and, and on our podcast, most real estate cycles are seven to 10 years. We we're about 10 to 12 in this last run. And so this is a natural part of the process that you see a decline. Um, obviously, this was exacerbated by the rapid increase in the federal funds rate going up. So, you know, 500 basis points, call it in a year. Um, so I think for certain sectors, we're still early in the distress. I think office, obviously, you're going to have winners and losers and the ones that are on the losing side of that could get, you know, significantly worse than what we've seen to this point. I think for uh, lodging, there's some potential risk there. We started to see, as I mentioned, some uptick in the delinquency. You know, they felt the full brunt of COVID and the impacts uh, therein, you know, basically a week after the lockdown. And they've come roaring back after COVID and the vaccines to where 
you know, rep pars, ADRs are up before or higher than what they were pre-COVID. Um, but we're starting to see some markets with some some cracks there. And I think if you look at multifamily and industrial, those have been two darling asset classes. You're starting to see some real slowdown across those sectors. So for industrial, the spec space, new construction development pipeline has really slowed up. Uh, there still seems to be increased demand for leasing availability of, of vacant space. But in some markets, you know, that have seen double digit type of rent growth for the last three or four years, they're going to recede pretty quickly. And we're starting to see that. And then on the multifamily side, you know, you're starting to see some of these uh, syndicators that came in, raised a bunch of capital, weren't really great at operating on their business plan, didn't know how to do the value add. Um, there's going to be some of those deals that come back and, and provide hopefully some pretty good buying opportunities for some new uh, participants to maybe come in and buy those at a, at a slight discount. And Lonnie, what do you, from your seat, your chair, your desk, what do you expect for interest rates moving forward? Do you think we're going to have a couple more increases in the Fed rate? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Powell, yeah, Powell was uh, pretty hawkish in his last um, couple of press conferences saying that there's another couple 25 basis point uh, rate hikes baked in. I just have a really hard time thinking that that's actually going to play out. It's almost like he's taking the position of the, you know, mom or dad that's standing around the corner when they tell the kids not to wrestle anymore. Um, and so they're using their really stern voice, but the kids still wrestle. I, I don't think we're going to see 50 basis point increase in rates. I think that they'll probably hold steady. Maybe there's another 25, but I saw some stuff this week that showed uh, some of the inflation numbers actually are better than what they're projecting. Um, based on a couple of other outlets that, that study that. And if that holds true, I think they're going to have a hard time uh, increasing rates, which honestly, um, you know, if you take him at face value, he did say that the full effects of the, the rate hikes haven't been felt yet. And so I think a pause is prudent. And I think that if we continue to see positive news on the inflation front, that we may not see any more rate hikes at all. So, Lonnie, what do you feel? I mean, if the Fed raises rates more, uh, is this going to be a problem for even some of the largest banks? So we seem to now be hearing some of the larger banks may have some uh, losses uh, on, on their bonds that, uh, with these rapid in rate increases. Yeah, we've seen that play out with Silicon Valley and some of these other banks that have already gone under with their, you know, um, mismatch of, of assets in terms of holding these longer term bonds and then interest rates going up so so rapidly. So I think if we see another 25 or 50 basis points, that probably doesn't tilt to scale, you know, in a systemic way, but it does probably put some of these institutions that are kind of in that gray or fringe area right now, uh, definitely in more stress. And so if you look at, at some of the banks at their loan to deposit ratios, and you look at some of the other metrics that we've put out some research on, you know, there's several hundred banks in the system right now that, that are in what I would call some, you know, risk areas where they don't want to be. You know, if, if they were to look at where they're at relative to their peers, they wouldn't like the results. And another 50 basis point in rate hikes definitely doesn't alleviate any of that burden. It just adds to it. Um, but again, we've seen resiliency across the banking sector, just like we have across most of the property sectors. And I think for all of us, you know, you're hoping that the lenders, the banks in this instance are able to recapitalize if needed. They can tap into some of the facilities that have been made available for them and they can keep themselves viable until rates stabilize or until the Fed comes out and says they're not going to be raising anymore. 
That's interesting. I, I think uh, some of the banks are already uh, selling notes and, and getting and, and, and foreclosing on properties, but we seem to hear the regulators may be uh, lenient on, on banks and lenders to kind of work through things with their borrowers. Is that what you're hearing from you, for your desk as well? Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's interesting. If you talk to the distressed debt buyers, they're hoping that's not the course of action. They want to buy some of these assets at a really, you know, low basis. But I think in practice, if, if you look at the system overall, it's in everyone's best interest, um, even though it goes against my free market uh, mindset that, you know, lenders have some flexibility to, you know, extend and pretend or do some things so long as borrowers are doing everything they can to make these loans good. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of the extensions, borrowers putting in some capital, terms being renegotiated or current terms being extended. Uh, so that full brunt of the increased interest rates aren't being felt across the entire system, especially given the large number of maturities that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, I think we, we're in store for, you know, again, not a great financial crisis type of scenario where the liquidity just dries up. And I think everyone learned from that cycle that that wasn't probably what we wanted. And so I think what we're going to see here is probably some owners that get bailed out and, you know, for the betterment of the whole. And then you're still going to have some that unfortunately just aren't able to get bailed out. So um, distressed debt buyers are still going to have ample opportunity, in my opinion, based on the data, but probably not to the scale that they would like to see, given the fact that there's definitely an impetus to uh, to try to keep the system afloat. Yeah. What's well, interesting, my first show I did was 12 years ago, 2010, October. My show was on commercial loan workouts. And uh thought, you know, we haven't done a show on that topic in so long. To your point, it's been a long cycle, right? Yeah, it's it's funny. We've uh, we've gotten used to being asked what inning is are we in. You know, at this point, you know, I was saying we were in a double header. Um, but, you know, things have re reversed pretty quickly. I think the Fed and their aggressive actions have really kind of accelerated this downturn. Um, but if you look at the, the macroeconomic environment, Unemployment is still really, really low. People are still spending money. It looks like households still have disposable savings. Um, so it's, you know, we may actually get that soft landing that I think everyone thought was impossible if you'd asked them six months ago. Yeah. Well, if, if you're an audience, you're a lender or you're a borrower and you have some troubled loan situations, you know, reach, reach out to me. I can give you some contacts and advice. I speak on the topic of, uh, uh, for increasing recoveries uh, on non-performing notes and REOs. So uh, do reach out to me. What would you tell our audience, Ani, as a closing point to leave us with today? Yeah, so I, I kind of wrap a lot of my uh, presentations or, or podcast interviews or show interviews with this. I, commercial real estate is resilient. I think we're seeing that in the, spy, in the face of a one in a hundred year pandemic interest rates that have never accelerated at the pace at which they have over the last 12, 15 months. Um, and if you look at, at things from a broad lens perspective, you know, in the CMBS universe, we're still sitting at, at sub 4% delinquency. If you're looking at the bank lending universe, it's still sub 2%. Um, all in all, even with all the headline fodder, the markets are resilient. Properties are still performing on the whole. Um, and the properties that aren't probably the buyers paid too much, they become functionally obsolete or there's some some other form of external obsolescence that's being felt in the market. And I would say those those are just normal parts of the cycle. So, um, you know, I don't think it's doom and gloom. I think we're early in the distress. 
um, but I don't think it'll be as widespread as people think. And I think overall, uh, this will be a, a pretty quick blip on the radar and we'll be talking about transaction volumes and compressing cap rates pretty soon. Nah, you're making me feel better, Lonnie. Thank you very much. Appreciate the, uh, the information and thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. All right. They can, uh, if you want to hear more from uh, Lonnie Hendry with TREP, uh, check them out. They have a great podcast called TREP Wire. And, and thank you for listening to our uh, podcast here or watching our video. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.